Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's lift up our hands to the sky as we go before the Lord in prayer this uh, morning. Father, we just thank you that your presence is palpable here this morning. We thank you, Lord, for the willingness of your people to celebrate you and to worship you and to walk into this place, dear Lord, with an attitude of giving you honor and glory, praise always. And we thank you, dear God, that our praises has moved heaven and you actually dwell and tabernacle yourself in the praises of your people. Father, we thank you that in the middle of all the busyness and the running around that happens outside and in our day and in our life, that we can stop, Lord, and pause for a moment and just uh, bow down before you and worship you in this place. Thank you, dear Lord, for your divine visitation, not just here, but in all those that are watching us, Lord, on the other side of that camera, every home and every place where your children are praising and glorifying your name. Lord, we lean upon you because in times of turmoil and uncertainty, we have to run to your feet, Lord. You are the only resource that we have, dear God. And as a church, Father, we have to be able to experience you in a more deep way. Be able, Lord, to not only experience you, but also be the light and the salt in the middle, dear God, of an up, uh, the upheaval of society. We pray, dear God, that you will guide us to be an example of your love, be an example of your patience, be an example of your grace, that the church, Lord, can look inside of itself uh, to be able to go to your feet and pray, dear God, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Let it start in our lives and in our hearts. Let the church be the catalyst, dear Lord, that you have prepared to bring healing to our land and be, bring healing to the context that we find ourselves. Father, we know that in your praises, not only do you dwell, but also, Lord, we are empowered to battle against the powers of the enemy. So in the name of Jesus, we push back. And we pray, dear Lord, for clarity of mind, for healing in our bodies, for, Lord, being steadfast and holding true to your purpose and call over our lives. We thank you, dear Lord, as we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord a clap offering of praise. He's a good God. A good God. Praise the Lord. Amen. You may be seated in your place. I want to just thank you so much for joining us, not only here in your, with your presence in this place, but also those on the other side of the camera. Thank you for uh, joining us uh, today. And, you know, we're living still in this uh, craziness of the world that is surrounding us. But I thank God that we can go running to his feet and find security in him and to know that uh, we are safe in his care. And you might be going through uncertainties, and we look at tomorrow, and it can even be fearful and instill fear and insecurity in our hearts. But our, our lives are firmly planted on the rock, which is Jesus Christ. Same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, never changing, always faithful and true. And so I want to celebrate the fact that you're here, you're worshiping with us. And hold on, God has an answer for your situation. You might be facing prayers over your family and loved ones. I believe that God is faithful and just to respond from heaven and meet our every need. I came here today to tell you that uh, sometimes it feels like we're way out and disconnected. And sometimes the best thing we can do for our day is turn off the news and maybe disconnect from social media for a while. Because oftentimes when we get too enamored with those kinds of technologies we might very easily forget that the one that's really seated on the throne is God. 
And we might start relying on resources and things around us as having the answer and really exuding truth. And we might forget about uh, our Lord and Savior and our God who sits, uh, as Dr. Wynn says, on the circle of the earth looking down upon us to bless us. And we'll look here, there, and everywhere and still not find the answer that would bring satisfaction to our hearts. We think that simply by uh, clicking and posting posts that we get on Facebook, that's going to bring me an added blessing to the Lord. You know what it'll do? It'll wear out your finger and destroy your mouse. But it won't do anything to strengthen your life with God. You can stand in front of a, of a monitor all day long, but unless you stand before the presence of the Lord in your life, all of that will be insignificant. Is there a praise in the house today? Hallelujah. I just want to remind you that God is still seated on the throne. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. In fact, as I preached last week, uh, he's right where you left him off the last time when you walked away from him, waiting for you to come back. God reaches down to our situation. God is not absent to our pain and sorrow and our concerns and fears. God is not, doesn't run away and doesn't get frightened by our last disappointment. But rather, God stands right by our side to help us through. Wonderful thing about God, he will not abandon us, ever. Friends and family, walk in and walk out. Church people, walk in and walk out. People that you trusted yesterday may not be around today. But God is always... You know what? Your fears don't scare God. Your depressions don't scare God. Your, your, your panicking doesn't scare God. God is very present, as it says in Psalm 46, and there to help us and walk us through. Is there a praise in the house today? Hallelujah. So what I want to do today is I want to embark on this journey with you of revisiting once again Psalm 121. A very powerful psalm that, by the way, is very near and dear to my heart because my mom used to quote this psalm to us all the time. She's with the Lord now for many years. But you couldn't leave my mom's presence without her blessing you with Psalm 121. And as I get older and move on in life, I see the significance and, and the true treasure that that psalm is. It's a psalm of ascent. We've studied that before. A psalm of ascent. So the people of Israel would sing this psalm, 121, among with, with others, which are psalm of, psalms of ascent, as they were going up to worship. They would sing these songs of celebration, reminding one another of the goodness and greatness of God. So I'm here to remind you of the goodness and greatness of God as we explore this a psalm of ascent, Psalm 121. I love it. It says, I will lift mine eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? A question. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not, he will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will guard you, uh, guard you from all harm. Say all harm with me. All harm. Say it again. All harm. All harm. All harm. <laughs> the Lord will guard you from all harm. The Lord will guard you from COVID-19. From a bad election or a good election, depending upon where you fall. Hallelujah. God will guard you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. I would like to invite you to examine with me this psalm from the eyes of my six-year-old granddaughter. Is that all right? From the eyes of my, and one thing about children, my, 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 my youngest granddaughter, she is, she's a treasure. All my granddaughters, they're just precious. 
my, you know, they just add a dimension to our family, which I can't even describe in words. But my little one, she, she'll even tell you that she talks a lot. She talks a lot. And we love listening to her. I'd rather her telling us all the stuff that's in her heart rather than letting it bottle up and later on not knowing. All right? So she talks to us. And one of the things I learned so much about Jolie is that, and, and you did this when you were younger. We all did this. She asks questions about everything. Unending questions. In fact, we as adults have developed a bad habit. Is that we have answers for everything. In fact, we try to even answer questions that aren't even asked. We try to even engage responses to things that don't really matter in life. And we'll spend the rest of our life asking irrelevant questions, irreverent questions, and questions that at the end of the day don't really matter. But children, because of their innocence, and I want to take you back to when you were six years old, to be able to ask those very simple questions. That's why I've titled the sermon today, Help from Where, From Whom, Why, and How. That's the title of the sermon today. Help from where? From whom? Why do I need help? And finally, how is it going to come to me? Follow me. The first observation that I see here is trying to respond to that question, where? I think that sometimes we place too much attention to systems around us and not enough attention to God. We'll spend 20 minutes or maybe even more, maybe an hour or maybe days, going back and forth with someone on Facebook on issues of context, of public policy, and even of politics, and spend not even a fraction of the time of that of time that we have talking to God. I, I find it fascinating when we say we're going to pray for you. I want to pray for you, but do we really? I want to submit to you the following, something I learned, that unless I pray right now, when I tell you I'm going to pray for you, I'm probably not going to pray. Is there a hallelujah still in the house? We sometimes, because of the pressures around us, we forget who or where our blessings come from. And we think that the doctor knows, or the lawyer knows, or the neighbor knows, or my sister or brother knows, or my confidant knows. I want to tell you that we need to start changing our perspective if we want, want to really live a life of excellence. This applies to the, the older, the younger, and even the emerging young people. We need to stop looking at resources around us as they were all and be all, when in reality we have to realize that our life is being sustained because of God's favor over us. Our ultimate help comes from above, not from below, and not laterally, not horizontally. It comes vertically. And I believe that as we live longer, we start looking for assistance and resources to places that can't respond to us. And we forget as, forget as a church entity, as a group, but also individually as, as believers in the, Lord in the Lord Jesus Christ and our faith in God, that our help does not come from the capital of New York, from, the, uh, from City Hall, from the capital of the United States, from the United Nations, or from the, the highest expert that you can think of. Our help in the essence and intrinsic essence of how we live comes from above. Miracles don't come from a horizontal perspective. Miracles are manufactured and sent, not by UPS or FedEx, from heaven to earth. 
The answer to your situation is not in him or her or that or this, not in more money or another possession. It is from above. Come on, you can give the Lord a play, praise offering right now. From where? The ultimate help comes from above. The ultimate miracle comes from divine places. It comes from a place of wonder, of miracles, of God wings, however you want to say it. It comes from above. It's that mysterious place where things that we can't even understand because they're abstract become a reality for us. You know, whether they come from, from above, that's the doctor, the resource that you're counting on, tells you this doesn't look good, but God tells you a different message and says, I have a miracle in store for you. Come on now. It's where the counselor says, you know, your child, your daughter, your husband, your wife, it doesn't look good. Studies show. Never mind what studies show. I believe the report of the Lord and up there in heaven, somewhere up there in heaven, in places you and I haven't even discovered or uncovered is the response and answer for your situation. Come on can you praise the Lord today oh yeah 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 yeah. we run to the medicine cabinet but up there there is an answer for you we run to the counselor and the therapist and the next program and the next 12 step 13 step 18 step whatever it might be you know, we take refresher courses of 12 step programs but the answer comes from above where from above not the second floor not the highest floor of the Empire State Building. Above that, above the skies, above the stars, where God dwells in his eternal, intrinsic, and what is eternal and existential place, that's where it emanates from. Come on, can you praise the Lord for me for a moment? It's that inexplicable fountain of resources. I love that line. Inexplicable. I don't know why he blesses me, but he does. I don't know how big my, my warehouse of blessings is up there, but it's there. You know, God has your name written in the palm of his hand. God knows your prayer requests before you even utter them. And up in heaven, up. That's why it says, look up. I will lift up my eyes. Listen, the day has arrived for you to start looking this way and that way and that way and that way. And start peering up from where your blessing comes from. Praise the Lord. That's where they come from. Where? The second question is from whom? See, we get all impressed by names. People drop names all the time. I know someone such. I know people. I know people. I know people. I don't know people, but I know a person who can make you sing again when you don't sing anymore. Who can make you feel satisfied when all of life has been exhausted. Who can, who can give you a skip in your dance even if you don't know how to dance. Who can give you a new perspective and all the resources around us have failed. I know some, and the psalm says, I will lift up my eyes from whence cometh my help. But the, who does it come from? It comes from the awesome one. It comes from the way maker. Miracle worker. Promise keeper. See, we, we, we have faith in him. We have faith in her. We have faith in them. We have faith in our past. We have faith because I know how to handle this stuff. There come moments in our life where we need to connect with whom? With God. The one that provides for us in everywhere. I love it. Everything that is created has been created by him and for him, our Lord Jesus Christ. God is so awesome that merely by speaking, nothing becomes something. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation, see, because all of you here, you're so holy and better than anything I've ever seen in my life. But you know this is true. Sometimes we're facing problems and situations where we have exhausted everything that we know to fix it. And still, it doesn't look like it's going to get fixed. But you cry out to God. And you cry out to God again. Because you cried out to God about that before. A son, a daughter, a spouse, a family member, a sickness, a job, uh, resources, doors opening. And it doesn't seem like you're going to be able to get out. 
But because you were wise and you decided in spite of your own failings, you were looking up to heaven and you were crying out to God in a way that you can't understand. All of a sudden, the sky clears up. The door opens up automatically by itself. In fact, God is so amazing that he gives you what you thought you needed, but he also uh, gives you things that you didn't even know you needed. Come on, you know what I'm talking about here today. Hallelujah. So from where? It comes from God. He creates for us the blessing. He brings it. He hand delivers the blessing into our life. He promotes for us the change that we need to do. He arrests the powers of the enemy. He breaks the chains that need to be broken. He clears the path that needs to be cleared. He eliminates and neutralizes the attacks that go. He silences the waysayers. That's what he does. And he ble the blessings come from God. We've got to stop saying, I know people. And I'm well connected. And we got to start giving glory to God from whence cometh our help. Come on now. Hallelujah. He is, I love this part, he is the inexhaustible, unfathomable, incomprehensible God. Think about it. Even, you know what, even when we misbehave, is there an MA now? Even when we misbehave, God still blesses us. Even when we're not walking right. Come on, some of us are here and you're on the other side of the camera. We, we shouldn't even be alive today. We should have lost our mind long, long time ago. We embarrassed our family, our friends, our loved ones. We embarrassed ourselves. Yet God was still waiting there for us. And when we thought it was over at the 11th hour, 59 minutes, this home, this God, this unfathomable, the one that cannot be explained, shows up in our situation. When everybody gave up, he reached down his hand far and deep into the mud and mire of our sinful past and picked us up and placed us on the rock. I love it that God doesn't give up on me or on you or on you or on you or on us. He does not give up. That's where our blessings come from, from God. We think that it's who I know, what church I worship, and it, it, we think that it's in, in how many books I read. I've discovered in my life, you know, and I'm, 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 I'm nerdy. I study probably too much. I read probably too much. But I've come to realize in my life that at the beginning and end of my success and effectiveness, not in pastoring or being however you paint me, but being the person that God destined me to be, to be a better husband, a better father, a better family man, to be satisfied with myself without titles. Without titles. It's not getting another book that I can read. It's not attending another conference. It's being able to be mad enough to bow down and worship the king of kings is to be able to realize that in the place where i'm at today is seeking after him is running after him is allowing him to have priority in my life because i realize blessings come from heaven and they come directly from god listen i don't need you to tell me i know my name spelled correctly is written in the palm of his hand I know that he knows my voice in the middle of the millions of people that pray out. And by the way, for you too, he hears your voice. He knows your voice. He knows your cares. He knows your worries. He knows your problems. He knows the bumps in your life. He knows the things that could trip you up. He knows the good friends and the bad friends that you have. He knows the things that you said in your life. God, God, come on, give him a praise offering right now. Hallelujah. Woo! Boom, boom. It's not PCC. It's not the 1130 service. It's not the preacher that may be before you. It's not they sang my favorite song. It's that you have a favorite God that is in love with you. Madly in love with you. Hallelujah. Even when we get off track, wants to bless us. Come on. I want to I just have a praise fit for a moment. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. 
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, I need to calm down. I need to calm down. I need to calm down. Where? From heaven. Whom? As my little granddaughter would ask. From God. He is inexhaustible. Unfathomable. Uncomprehensible. Dr. Uh, Sam Sullivan says that when you study God and you, you, you just when you're getting close to thinking, you, you understand. He just slips away from you. <laughs> just when you think you got it all down packed. And church, if at any time we need to rediscover God, let me stop for a moment and tell you this. It is now. The church has done, and I don't mean just this church, believers in general, have done a great job in embarrassing the gospel of Jesus Christ. With this back and forth for a man, for an ideology. I don't care what side you fall on, both men. We, we just, we just uh, polluted the power of the gospel, weakened it in the eyes of the world. The world looks at us, society looks at us, and laughs at us. That's your answer? That's your God. We need to get to a place of genuine repentance. And here we dare, and I read, I read, I read, I see it. Oh, yeah, we're going to heal the land. We're going to heal the world. We have to heal ourselves. Oh, yeah, we're going to get the world back on track. We need to get ourselves back on track. And back on track means that this book has power. Forget about who's lying. This is truth. And we're reading this and going there and everywhere. And then we argue. I, I, it's amazing. We argue. We don't even know what we're talking about. And we argue. We parrot things that we heard from other places. And I'm not going on one side or the other. I'm just saying that's the way it is today. And the church right now, thank God that God is God. Thank God that he is God and patient. Because anybody else would have turned their back. And by the way, as I say that, as an indictment to the church, I also want to uplift the church as I've been doing over the past several sermons. And that is the only agency that can heal our land that God wants to use and God knows that he wants to use, is the church of Jesus Christ. Not a denominational body. Not one that thinks they have it all together theologically. But those that have gone back to the basic roots of scripture, of praying, of seeking after God, of giving liberty to the work of the Holy Spirit, because it is only he who can bring transformation. Say amen now, hallelujah, if you can. This thing about uh, who we are and uh, the homogeneous unit principle that's taught in seminaries where, you know, people only align to people from a people that look just like them. Jesus is black. Jesus is Hispanic. Jesus is white. Jesus is tall. Jesus is short. Jesus is female. He's male. He made us in, a, in accordance to him. Jesus is Protestant. He's not Protestant. He's charismatic, not charismatic. We try to pigeonhole God. This is the God that I serve. Everybody's got to go this way. Think about it. If everybody followed us in every decision that we made, this world would be down in destruction. But Jesus is the way, the truth, and the light. We need to follow after him, church. And we need to get excited, excited, because we're the agency that God is looking at to bring health and prosperity and changes to the land that we live in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of you are not even saying amen. That's, that's cool. Well, we're blessed. We'll bless you anyway. Hallelujah. We'll bring you along on this journey. And it is the church, it is the church to get back to the principles of uh, church. We sometimes think that it's a person, it's a program, it's a whatever it might be. No, 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 no. Follow after the Lord. He is the one that provides for us, Psalm 121, this Psalm of Ascent. Not only from where? From heaven, but then from God. Don't substitute. There's only one king of kings. There's only one throne. 
There's only one man we need to be seeking after. Hallelujah. Not the opinions of other people. And be careful with the prophecies you hear around. Right now I just heard a prophecy that God's going to punish the, the, uh, America now. That's the next one. Why? The last prophecy they made was wrong. So now they've addended. I don't, I don't serve a God that makes amendments and addendums to prophecies. Either it is or it isn't. And uh, here's what I think. Here's what I think. Can I tell you what I think? Can I tell you what I think? Say, yeah, okay, I'm going to tell you what I think. Because we say God's going to punish America. Punish. The Bible tells me in the book of Isaiah that the chastisement of our sins was upon him. Of our punishment was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. In the Old Testament when you read that Isaiah prophet narrative. It, the, the Jewish people understood that differently than we as Gentiles understand. Because too quickly, we aggregate to that text found in Isaiah as one for healing, which, by the way, it is, because by his stripes we are healed. The Jewish mind, when they heard the, the, the prophet Isaiah speaking that, they understood that it was not just about the physical healing, and it wasn't just about salvific in the sense of they being in right relation. Are we still with me? Yeah. Can I teach for a moment? It isn't just about the salvific nation of being in righteous relationship with God, Jehovah, for the Jewish people, but it also meant that the land would be healed. Yeah. It also meant that the context would be healed. That systems would be healed. And we need to get that. That when God, in order for God to punish sin, the chastisement of our sin was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. God dumped, God unloaded, God unleashed the, the, fir, the wrath for sin on the cross of Jesus Christ. So that tells me the following. God's not going to punish the church. God's not going to punish the society. He may discipline us. That's different. Don't mix up. I'm going to stop here for a moment. I need to step away from my nose because I sense this needs clarity right now. We sometimes think that God is standing up there or sitting up there with a big gigantic whip ready, ready to beat the living daylights out of you. The Bible says that Jesus took the weight of our righteousness on the cross of Calvary. So if I'm following what God says in the Bible, then if he punished Jesus for you and me, then he's not going to punish you for any reason. He's going to discipline you. You know anybody that ever stepped out of the line? Not you. You know somebody? They get, they get punished. They get, uh, they, 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 they get disciplined, not punished. Punishment is what's going to happen to Satan when he's going to be wrapped up and thrown in this lake of fire for eternity. But that's not you and I. Please, let's be clear. I'm not expecting God to show up like a monster and clobber us. That's not what I'm expecting. I'm expecting God to come in with the, through, the, through the work of the Holy Spirit and he's going to empower you to be able to live a life. See, the church can't heal anyone unless the church is healed. You can't help your family members unless you've got it all together with God. And that doesn't mean perfect, but you're walking right with God. You're walking. I pr praise the Lord with me for a moment. Hallelujah. Whom God. Incomprehensible. Inexhaustible. Unfathomable. <laughs> incomprehensible. An amazing God. My, 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 one of my professors in seminary used to say, God, God, God is ridiculous. He's absurd. He's ludicrous. <laughs> Dr. Louis Carlo, he's ludicrous. Think about it. This awesome God would love me. That's ludicrous. That doesn't make sense. Some of us don't even like people that we like. <laughs> and when we weren't behaving right, when we were yet sinners, yes. think about that for a moment. Yes. That's who it is. The other thing about God, he doesn't hold a grudge. Don't look at anybody now. Don't look across the aisle. You know you haven't spoken to them for a while because they took your seat. God, think about it. He doesn't hold a grudge. You know anyone that has promised God 
and broken a promise? Was it you? Yet he stands ready today to embrace you again. That's amazing. That's whom he's talking about here in the psalm. Now, why would he do that? Why? You know why? Because he just is. Or as we say in the urban context, he just be. God just be. He just be who he is. God just, please understand this. God is madly in love with you. That's why the psalm says, he will not let your foot slip. And what he means there, let me just make the comparative because it's important. That doesn't mean that you're not, when we read it from our perspective back, the way we, and this is fine because this is, we do it in our innocence, we, we think that it's that you can't slip at all. The Old Testament, when the, uh, the writers, uh, when the, uh, the hearers would hear the psalm being sung, the Jewish mind understood that it was not about slipping, it is about being destroyed. So the, the, the uh, Jewish mind would understand that it was not about making a mistake, it is about putting you in a place where God has to crush you completely. Because that was the fear during that time. Not the fear now because of Christ on the cross, as I just mentioned a few moments ago. What it means is that the biggest mistake you can make is not that you fell down. The biggest mistake you can make in your life is not getting back up. Did you, did you hear what I just said? And we say, you know, the walk with the Lord is not baseball. Three strikes, you're out. That might work well for the Mets, the Yankees, and whoever else. I know nothing about this. The Jets, the whoever. The Patriots, whoever. Muhammad Ali, I don't know. Might work well for that. But in the walk with the Lord, isn't it good that God doesn't say three strikes are out? Can you say amen for somebody that went beyond three strikes are out? Can you praise God for somebody? God is a God. He's just an amazing God. That he gives us an opportunity. So when he says your foot will, will not, he will not let your foot slip, we're going to make mistakes. Yeah. But let, church, let me tell you that you can get back up. Amen. You can fail. Even in ministry, you can fail. Yes, yes, yes. And if it was a moment, yes, you're responsible for what has happened. Yes. We're not trying to take away the burden of what has happened. You hurt people. But if we're true to the gospel, there is a path to get back up. And the church has to be the catalyst for that to occur. Are you following me? Right away, we're so quick in disqualifying people. When the whole purpose of the cross was qualifying us. So if, when you disqualify, you're working against the works of the cross. The works want, wants to make us be somebody. But people want to make you be nobody. We need to start working on that in our lives. Come on, can you praise him today? Hallelujah. Why? Why does he do that? He will not let your feet slip. The other thing about God is he does not sleep nor slumber. I need to go back to my example because one of the greatest blessings I've received recently was being a grandfather. It's just an amazing thing. And sometimes when I get home, when my granddaughter stay over in our house, um, because of responsibilities, I, they, they wait for me so that I can see them before they go to bed, go to sleep rather. But sometimes I get home and they're already sleeping. Right? I love it. You get home and they run and they grab you. And they love it. But sometimes I get home and they're already sleeping. And I do this. I'll walk into the bedroom. They don't know I'm there. But I'll look and I'll just feel such a smile coming on my face. Light's not even on. 
they, they have no idea that I'm there. And I thank God. I bless them. I thank God that, uh, for the joy they bring to our home, our family. I pray into their future. They don't even know that I'm there. Before I leave the room, I plant a kiss on them. They don't even know that I just kissed them on their forehead, on their cheek. They don't even know. Your God, my God, does not sleep, nor slumber. Listen to me. When you're there overwhelmed by sadness, in the midnight hour, nobody around, you feel sorry that you're feeling sorry for yourself, have tried to pull out, and you can't. And you feel so consumed by the room just encroaching and getting smaller and smaller. Your God, my God, doesn't sleep nor slumber. He walks. See, darkness doesn't make God afraid. And depression doesn't also make God afraid. Are you listening to me right now? Suicidal thoughts don't frighten God. The big questions are, why am I on earth? And Lord, why are you doing this to me? He walks into that place and just stands there with a smile to know that you are his. You don't even know the kisses he plants on your cheeks and how he showers you with blessings for today and tomorrow. Ooh, do I feel the Holy Spirit here right now? You thought, see, God is not good at leaving you alone. Did you hear what I just said? He's not good at that. We are good in dismissing him. But he won't leave. My, my grandbabies do that. They call me Abba, get out, get out. It's my house. <laughs> I love you too much. He loves you too much to be frightened by your depression, to be frightened by the stew of mess that you're sitting in. Loves you too much. His love cannot be described. He's mad about you. Not mad out at you. Will love you through your mistakes. In fact, you don't even have to say a word. Close your eyes for a moment. He's right there in that moment of silence. He's right there in that situation of despair because he loves you. He wants to be your God. You are precious in his sight. I hear the Lord telling me to stop and pray. I'll finish the rest of this on Wednesday or one other day. But I sense the Holy Spirit walking into not just this room, but into your sad place, your painful place. He just walked in. The closest people to you don't even know that you've been living in that sad place for a long time. You smile on the outside, say the right things that you think they want to hear. He's there, loving on you. 
Spirit of the living God. I'm obedient to you, Lord. Walk into that place, Father, right now. Touch my brother, my sister. It's been not months, it's been years of being locked up in that emotional room. Years. But you don't sleep. You don't slumber. You are Jehovah Shammah present. In fact, it's been hurting so much we don't even feel the kisses that you give us anymore. But I come to you right now, Father, in the name of Jesus to break that to dissipate darkness with the light of Christ. That this psalm, Lord, will usher us into ascending to your presence. Church, let's stand up throughout the sanctuary. I want stillness in the house. But just stand, lift up your hands, because I sense, I really sense God walking in there right now. Walking in there. Those of you that are at home, I know that right now you feel the piercing presence of the Holy Spirit speaking into your heart right now. He loves you. wants the best for you. Father, I pray right now as I break the stronghold of the enemy and I release the anointing of the Holy Spirit, Lord, that breaks the yoke of bondage in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the authority of your promises to us in the word of God. We confront the powers of darkness. We cast them out. We break the strongholds. We tell them to flee right now in Jesus' name. And I pray now for a refreshing wind of the Holy Spirit to come and fill those places that were once filled with questions and uncertainty and doubt. Right now, fill it, O power of the Holy Spirit, so that we can be transformed and renewed this day. We celebrate your goodness and greatness, dear Lord, right now. And I thank you, Father, that you've used this day, this moment, this Sunday, to provide the breakthrough that we have so needed. Can we fill this place with prayer? Not just for a moment, but just let me hear your voice.